0: Well, welcome to The Performance Zone. This is a special edition of The Performance Zone. I've got a special guest with me here today. And we are going to be covering some great information. And by the way, this is not just a one-off. I mean, it is kind of a one-off, but it's going to be a one-off series for the next six weeks. I believe we're at six weeks. It might be seven. It might be five. We don't know. We'll let you know when we get there. But there's some great information we're going to be sharing with you. Uh, With me on the line is my good friend Pat Gross from, uh, I guess you're from the UK, but you're down living down in Australia. Right.
1: Yeah, that's right. OK.
0: And um, yeah, what we're going to talk about over the next several weeks is something that we kind of came up with called the concept of the 5D thinking. Right. It's kind of going above and beyond. Forget out of the box thinking, because we're kind of at this at this point of the game, you should be far. The box isn't even an issue anymore, really. We're talking even inter, interdimensional thinking. Uh, actually, we're just talking about the multitudes of ways and different ideas and things and concepts that you can that we can bring to the table that can help you produce more, be more effective, and stay on pace in this ever-changing world, to keep pace with the changes that are going on in this world. So today we're going to talk about why you can't start building on the 10th floor. And I got some feedback from some people on that that was – I'm sure, Pat, you probably got some of that too. And people say, what are you you talking about, why you can't build on the 10th floor? Um, It's something that came up to me, especially this time of year, it's prevalent because – people make these things called resolutions, and then they're not resolute in their resolutions. And, you know, I I started thinking about why is that? And we always talk about foundations, foundations, and getting the beginning and getting started. And what hit me one day was that um, it's kind of like the whole concept of people saying, I want to build a building, but I want to start on the 10th floor could be seventh floor, eighth floor, whatever. But in other words, they're they're not interested in putting down a foundation. And you and I have had this conversation or types of these types of conversations on a number of occasions over the past little while. But that foundational, they're they're always, I mean, do you find the same thing that people always want to start where it's easy? I guess it's like once all the hard work's done. (laughs)
1: Yeah, I think also it's a bit of a default um, starting point as well for many, including myself, um, because we many of us are technicians in terms of we've got expertise in a certain area, and we're introduced to the world of business, and we bring along. And then certainly in my case, when I started uh, my business, I br- I brought along my clients. Um, I had a pool of clients already that I could draw from a marketplace. And, um, like most businesses, you know, it's great in the first couple of years. And then usually when they say the businesses start to struggle after about three years, and that's certainly what happened with mine. And when, in hindsight, I can tell you a story of going, you know, this is something that many businesses, uh, will, will sort of, uh, understand and, and identify with, uh, and it's not just businesses, I work with programs, programs, programs and projects as well, is that, um, <clears throat> you, you sort of don't if you don't have a foundation in place and we talk about what that is from my experience as well you after that three-year mark if you haven't done your homework then you start and you haven't got the foundation then things the, the building starts to crumble and that's where you see this high proportion of businesses that go out of business within three years it's usually a high percentage and a lot of it is because they don't have the foundations and we fell into that trap now I'm just doing sterner stuff so, so, so I went through the whole process of hitting rock bottom and you hear a lot of presenters talk about you know how they hit rock bottom and I'm not saying it's like something you have to do in life god forbid just just avoid it if you can but by hitting <laughs> right. rock bottom getting right back down to the bottom of those foundations uh, and rebuilding again but this time doing it the right way right. does that
0: make sense <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, so basically not. And I totally get it because so basically when you came in and started your business, you came in with a book of business. So you didn't have to do that grind, that foundational work to establish the new clientele because you kind of brought them with you. So it's almost like having a false sense of security, mm. right?
1: But it's it's the same with, you know, with, um, I've worked with tradies before. Uh, and tradies, uh, uh, tradies have gone into partnership together. did great, great. You know, they brought their leads with them their you know sort of energy between the different trades so they could do more together it was great but then after about 10 months and I've heard this a few times because they didn't have those foundations which were to do with business skills and financials and all those kind of things which are not the sexy parts of business um, because they've not built that in at the beginning so there's diff- different things that you might not bring in at the beginning with me it was marketing with these guys, it was systems and processes. But there is a whole host of foundation and there's mindset as well. And I think what saved me was mindset. Uh, but, you know, at the end of the day, there's all these sort of um, things in, that you should put into your foundation. And if you don't and you come in at the higher flaws, down you go.
0: Yeah, well, that's what I see, too, a lot in, in the coaching industry is when I work with people and they're saying they're looking for the latest thing. They're looking for the latest system. They're looking for the latest um, whatever tool that's gonna to get them over the finish line or, or so they think it's over the finish line. And, and I'm sure you'd agree with me that the finish line doesn't really show up. I think the fin- when the finish line shows up, that means we're checking out and going somewhere else. You know, We're checking off this, this earthly plane. That's how I look at the finish line. Um, but it's like, they're always looking for the easier, you know, well, just something, that one thing. It's like, they'll tell me, just tell me how to close the customer. It's not about that. They're buying you. They're not buying the line, right? And, you know, for sometimes it'll be, it would be like um, the new funnel system. What's the new funnel system? What's the new autoresponder? There's another autoresponder system and email and texting that's going to come out this week too. It's going to be yet another tool. And of course it's going to have all the bells and whistles and it's going to be a game changer. And I find that they look for that stuff. So the whole thing for me with the acceleration factor and, and with the performance zone and moving everything forward is to get people back to the fundamentals. You know, in from a personal level and from a business level so that they understand like you said and I love what you just said, the whole aspect of it's not the sexy part. Right? You know, doing doing that work because that's where I mean when you don't do your paperwork or you don't do your your reports or you don't you don't look at the numbers, you don't really see where your business is. I had a guy tell me one time if you can't tell me these numbers off the top of your head, you don't have a business. Right, yeah. and that's that's critical. <laughs> so what? Because I mean, because you had, I mean, when you the rock bottom story, that's a really, I mean, that that would be something I would love for you to share with people because I want them to see it's not always they hear the stories, they look at the people, whether it's the the current guru of how you're, hey, you're just one of these away from success. They don't see, and they touch on. It. I've been through their trainings to look, because I thought, hey, this is a great marketing system. And then you look, and they touch on it, but they don't really get into the person who struggled and it wasn't one it was like 37 of them down the road right that it was their 37th funnel that finally got them off the you know three years into the game that got them to where they needed to be so um, if you don't mind to share a little bit about that story because I think it's important that people realize it's not all a bed of roses and that there can be some struggles and if you don't pay attention to the fundamentals like you said these are the things that can happen
1: Okay, so as I said, my biggest weakness and coming from a history where I worked for a market leader in its leash and I was basically the power, the power and the energy behind that marketing uh, and promotion. And then completely forgot that. Absolutely forgot any of it. It, I was just focused on the business. I was focused on the technical aspects. If you think of a business as a, a really ideal business as having somebody who's got the entrepreneurial thinking, the business management, the technicians and the administration. So I wasn't actually looking at that higher level. I was here. I As you said, could have been lazy because I already had a market. But the marketplace that you have needs to grow. It can't stay stagnant because it just, it doesn't stay stagnant. It just declines, um, you know, you, you, you have your lifetime value of your customer. <laughs> I still have a client going back now 13 years, but that's the only one. I mean, I've had clients come in and go along the way and and uh, increase so what happened was great for first two or three years and then I knew something wasn't right I mean I felt the stagnation um and then I spent the next two or three years basically in the matter to mention mindset in a bit of a decline because uh, it was like the panic and we're going to talk about focus in the next session but focus is very important Uh, and um, I didn't have that focus. I just went into panic mode for two or three years. Um, I remember going to network meetings and feeling very, very depressed. Um, It it was me, and it's like you're channeling this. So everything that happened just led to a day in 2016 when we ended up losing the offices, losing staff, um, basically uh, coming back home, you could say that this working from home, I, I'm sort of like a trailblazer because I did it a few years ago. And, uh, but we worked from home, now, so, Yeah, yeah. Uh, but we managed it. And then I spent because it was around about 2014, 2015. Uh, you know, in that era, that was the era when social media started to explode. So I spent a lot of quite a bit of time, actually re-educating. Well, not me, just uh, my staff as well. Re-educating, as you said, looking at the latest things we should have had in place, like a CRM, your customer relationship management, uh, um, um, uh, the you know the social media platforms as they came along, the Facebooks of this world, etc. This um, uh, and all the rest of it. And actually, they're not a key feature, but we did actually, you know, start looking at you know what we should have known on the website. We introduced from about 2014. So, you know, all this stuff should have been in place beforehand. Well, what was available at the time, um, and so we started sort of, rush, you know, pedaling faster, too, too far down, this, you know, too, too far, not too far down, because we managed to get there anyway. As I said, it was so bad. Um, you know, we were behind on personally, behind on mortgage, um, threatening letters from the from the bank, all the rest of it. You hear others do the same thing. Um, but what saved me was there were some really good people out there, mentors, people who volunteered their time to support me through the crisis, um, and um, and then coming back, um, it, it sort of like changes you refocus again your mindset. We as I said we'll talk about this in later, but um, I, man, I realised after I did all those three years, I already knew, I already knew. What I needed to do what was different was the tools of the day and that's why I'm saying to people that your systems the, the the software you use are tools you've got to be it's the system you've got to think about you know you've got to have a customer relationship management a database right because it's part of a system the tools that you use it that's what you research to find the one that's the most appropriate for you mm-hmm. but if you're not doing all that stuff in the beginning then it's a very hard catch-up and it could be far down the line. So yeah, we, we sort of, um, we also became more strategic. Uh, planning is something as well that it's, it's the beginning. And I, I've, I've seen people who've put some business plans in place, but they're not really being business plans. You just mentioned earlier um, about um, um, not knowing the results where, you know, where you want to be. And at the end of the day, that's, that's your vision. And it, it, until we got a clear vision, right. Once we got a clear vision, the whole mindset clicks, and your business starts to have meaning. So you're right. not peddling along, <laughs> you're not peddling along, reacting or not reacting as the case may be. You start to you start to have focus. You've got the mindset, you've got the vision, and that helps you then to move forward. But I'm saying that was my journey. I mean, I really did go into the pit. And it was well, not that, a pleasant that's experience. That's a great,
0: into the pit, that that has so many different connotations. But in this case, I know exactly what you mean. because And, and that's the thing what I, that I get at with, when you're, you're talking about strategic planning and, and that sort of thing. I mean, it, when, when people have that, one of the things they miss out, I, I think, if, if they happen to do a strategic plan, that's if they happen to do it. Because a lot of people say, I have an idea. Let's just go. We go sell. And they talk to their friends. They network a little bit then they get everything going. They bring some clients with them, like you said, but then when the real down and dirty hits and they don't have those things in place because it was never planned out properly, one of the other things I think that they miss, and this is where I come in with a lot of people, is who are they in relation to that? Do, are you the person with the skills? Are you the person with the ability to do this? And if not, that's fine. How do you get the skills and how do you get the ability? You know they don't do an evaluation of themselves. They're just thinking, well, I can just plug and play. And it's never, as you and I both know, we've all been, you know, pitched and and we all we have some of the all the different programs that are out there. They're never just as easy as they say they are, right? It's always no, oh, just get this and just send a couple of emails. You're gonna make all this money. It's gonna be easy, mm-hmm. easy, right? Um, but when you learn to do the integrations and you learn to do I guess part of it is, is, is you learn to do all that, but you learn to embrace the change as well. People, they don't, I think they think they can come in with the same skill sets that they had in, in corporate management, which there are some things that will help them, but then they want to be the, the business owner or the entrepreneur. And by the way, if you're paying attention to this and you're watching this, whether it's recorded or live, I said that particularly, not just because the, because Pat and I have had this discussion ad nauseum that if you're a business owner, you're not necessarily an entrepreneur and that's going to be one of the sessions we're going to do in a couple over the next couple of weeks. So make sure you tune in for the diff, that one, the difference between an entrepreneur and a business owner because there is a huge difference. But back to the point, you get these people that come from corporate America that are and they're very talented at what they do and they're very good at what they do. But then when they come on to work on their own, they struggle and they they sometimes fail. You know, and we're talking CEO type people that I happen to know personally that would are considering jumping into the consulting world. You know, but I I, I made the comment one time. I go, "What are you going to do when there's eight dollars in your checking account?" He was like, "What?" I go, "What are you going to do when there's only eight dollars or eighty cents in your checking account?" Because especially that's the one thing that entrepreneur. There's no or the business-minded, right, the business owner has to has to get up and deal with, they have to understand it, that's a possibility. Now, I hope it's not. I hope nobody gets down to that point. Um, but it, it's it's one of those things that people have to understand and address. And by having a solid foundation, by doing the strategic planning, by looking at all the different possible gaps in in, uh, in where they might be and understanding that those things will change. Here's, this is what I've learned, too, especially over the last two to three years these things are changing so rapidly too. So the foundational plans that they set up in, in January of one year might not be effective in June because of the the way, at the at rate at which things are changing. What do you think about that?
1: Well, we, that's interesting because we set up a three or five, five year plan and then we set up our annual plan and then we do a 90 day plan and we review that every 90 days. And you're right, it, and it's good because it's a journey.
0: And right. you can't,
1: you can't, I mean, come on, if you did it from January 2020, as you said, by June 2020, <laughs> the whole world was changed.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, even in general, if you did it in 19, <laughs> there would be a big difference. But I mean, you know, COVID threw a curveball to everybody. Uh, but it, it kind of goes back to that, and I've mentioned this before the book Unlimited Wealth by Paul Pilser. And he's an economist, he's a brilliant author. And he made the comment in that book that, things will change that people will have to embrace the change. For example, college, right? Uh, as you know, Gabi's over there in your former homeland of the UK um, and she's studying exercise science. Exercise science is specific to what people, to, to a specific career path. So there are specific things she has to learn. But a lot of things that these kids are learning, they go to school three to four years in university. By the time they get out, technologically, a lot of those things are obsolete because they're they're not... You know, technology changing so rapidly that a lot of people won't go to school for four years to be, and even an engineer, because the, all that stuff's going to change so rapidly. So, as an entrepreneur, so if those of you that are watching this out there, to our audience, if you're a business owner, if you're going to be out there making your own way in the business world, get ready to embrace change because it's going to move rap. I mean, who? Everything's on Zoom now, right? I mean, who thought, who saw that coming, right? How about the? Um, and now the, if you're as the marketing tools, the, the, the new autoresponder systems, the new via text, also the texting systems that people do, how to reach people on social media because nobody reads email anymore. Right. What did they say? I, I was talking to somebody earlier today that said, uh, who's the one, one of the Kardashian kids, um, I think it's the youngest one, gets paid like a million dollars just to make a post on her social media because she's an influencer. Now, what she influences, I have no idea, but, you know, the fact that they carry that much, that's the way the people are marketing to the masses now is through these social media influencers. And it's really fascinating that, you know, as you, you have to factor all these things in it, it, but at the end of the day, it comes down to how is your foundation? You know, where do you have the vision? What's your vision? And one of the things I like to introduce to people is who are you in relation to that vision? Do you have the tools? Do you have the mindset? Do you have the personal temerity and in, intestinal fortitude to gut it out when it gets rough? Because it's going to get rough. Right? Do you
1: have the drive? Do you have the drive?
0: Right. The <laughs> motivation, what was it? The motivation and ability. Um, mm. I just read a thing on Six Forces. It was really interesting. There's the personal. Do you have the motivation and the, and the ability personally? That's number one and number two. On your personal, what's your motivation level like and drive? How do you have it? Are you there? Does, it, does your goal excite you? Does the object, does the project excite you? Does it motivate you? Does it draw? Are you driven to see it to completion? Number two on that is, do you have the ability? What knowledge do you need? You know, I was looking and I was going over my own stuff on this. Okay, you know, from the coaching and the NLP skills, I've got all the knowledge I need from some of the marketing. Where, if I don't have the skills, where can I get it? Well, this person, this person, this person, or this particular company. The second one is, um, in the or the third one is structural uh the second one is um oh my gosh there was personal social like what is what is in the social area what's your ability right what is your what is your motivation in the social area do you you know do you have that is that key do you and if not the ability do you have the contacts in the network and then the third one was in the structure what's your structure like do you have systems set in place that will that you can, that will hold you accountable. And then the fourth one, the fifth one, or the sixth one, excuse me, that was five. The sixth one is, do you have the, um, if not, where can you get that information Um, or the key, the analytics, right? So I've got the analytics, I've got the social and I've got the personal, but I looked at, okay, this is where, and and guys, if you're watching this, I'm telling you, this is gold that, that we're giving you here. That fifth, that fifth one, step number five, and the structural was where I was lacking. Because I have to have those, I have to have some of those um, accountability factors built into the business to make sure for me to hit the goal. That was critical for me. And it just, it was like, there it is now in paper. I can't, can't ignore it. So those, but those are the foundational things. Like from the personal standpoint, you've got it from a business standpoint. If you don't, if people followed your, your strategy, what are the key points in your strategic planning do you think, or what would be like three of the key points? I know there's more than that, but what are three key points that they would find in your strategic planning program?
1: Oh, and, oh, the program that we offer. Um, yeah, no, I mean, the key points are you have you do need to start with your vision, your mission, and your values. Uh, um, values is something that I've learned that I actually have, because when I've made some decisions, which on this one aspect of me goes, why did I make that decision? And then I realized I had some underlying values. Um, and, and there, and if you're whatever venture you're in, um, that actually influences how you're perceived and even through your whole systems, your people, et cetera, they all operate to a certain level of values. So just going back to me talking about that vision and mission and mission stuff and what you're talking about to me, once you've got that in place then you're giving you're giving yourself or your organisation permission to get out of the way as in your personal stuff and then to become quite analytical what do we need but yeah because you've actually got something set in stone as the ultimate goal yeah. you can work backwards from that so if if you don't have that then you're led by your emotions and that's where people come stuck um, so yeah vision mission values um, strategic planning is also, uh, I, I don't do it in a vacuum, I work with organizations that tend not to really do their situation analysis, who's, so you know, what, what the world is like out there, uh, what's changing, what's coming. Um, this is my definition of entrepreneurialism: is around looking for the opportunities and grabbing them, or you know, changes and grabbing the opportunities. So that's where that all comes into. Everybody's aware of SWOT, of SWOT and stuff like that. Right. But look at you can more, more about your internal as well as external environments. So do a really good step in that. Then you, yeah, talk to people internally and externally. So I mean, I've got a whole process that you right. can actually map that. Um, so that people don't sort of try to take shortcuts in those terms um, and then that leads to those you know what is your goals what are you what are your strategic priorities for the next three to five years um I say look three years is a long time five years is is okay in, in a stable environment um but yeah and and also um, your um, your goals are like milestones along the way to achieving your mission vision. So you right. don't have to get to there in five years. Your vision can be way out there. So you don't, you know, over overstress yourselves. But you are, you know, success, success breeds success. So every milestone you achieve, you're getting closer to that to that vision.
0: Right. The the, goals um, are the markers, right? They're just little markers along the way. Don't stress out about it. Yes. You're going to hit some. You're going to hit some early. You're going to hit some fast. You're going to hit some to take longer. You're not going to make some in the time you thought you were going to. It's but they're they're just steps along the way. And and again, I think part of it is with with the social media, with the smartphones, and all these wonderful tools that we have that are. But I think it's brought us to like what I like to call the microwave mentality, right? Where everybody has to have everything now, 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 right? They want to lose. Oh, I want to lose thirty pounds before my wedding. When's your wedding? Next month. Well you know, yeah, you got 30 days, sorry, you know, that that's, that's, unless you want to go for some liposuction or something of that nature, that, that, but then again, that's one of those things where, you know, it's kind of like cheating. I was talking, having this conversation with somebody at the gym, they go, well, is it really cheating? I go, well, yeah, you're not changing habits, right? Because there's, remember, there's those personal, there's those personal things that people have to change as well. So, but that's the, I mean, that's amazing. So, in, in, your, in your strategic planning, you touch on the mindset, you touch on the, the actual business structure, you touch on the um, the actual, like, steps to take of these are the things, like, here's, a, like, what are the priority steps of, of tasks that people actually have to have, right?
1: Yeah, And I and actually I have the template to work, I have a workbook to work through and a template um, to put the plan together. So, so it's, it's it is I a process, <laughs> yes. And look, the bigger the organisation, the more the more has to be some ownership at the top, and the top is usually boards as opposed to individuals. The strategic plan for somebody you know, like my business, is is very very small in terms of input, you know, people right. contributing. Um, but um, so you know, you can as I said, a strategic plan, you can actually, it can be quite easy to do. I mean, if you're small, but the more complex the organisation and the markets, et cetera, probably the more work that needs to be contributed to make it one that actually means something. Right. Um, and then what we are then what we then we do then is we just actually have a, a one-pager, which is A3, which is an A3 summary, which will uh, take it off the shelf or off the uh, filing system. And make it visible because when people see things and read them, it's like a vision board. Yeah. So having a written summary is like having a vision board. <laughs> it's as simple as that.
0: And that's I, I think that really helps people too, because when, when they come to those difficult times or those tedious tasks that they have to do, which, and that's where I find a lot of people, you know, like I'll go through a goal setting program with somebody and and they'll just when it gets down to the tedium, you know, the the minute, the detailed work, they're just like, yeah, okay, I'll do this later. No, you have to do it now. Because if they put it off, then they put it off, then they put it off. And if you're missing that one small component, it's gonna affect you down the road where you don't have that, you, know, you, you didn't do all the hard work to establish the foundation. So that's what makes the foundation weak. These people, they, they just don't get that. So, and, and guys, to put this in perspective, you have to understand who Pat is and where she comes from you know coming from the UK I can let you talk about your UK background but in Australia she's the premier grant writing specialist she deals with large organizations helping people get recover from the bushfires and on at all any and all levels of grant writing grant you know proposals etc whatever i guess what's the um the preparation the administration you you hit it on all different levels right i mean as far as where people what they're doing with their grants
1: yeah, no, I, I work with large and small. I work for in the, my main target group is a not-for-profit sector. I work in the community development, uh, designing projects and running projects. Um, so there's a lot of entrepreneurial stuff happening. I'm working, I identify and work with, with, with people and organisations who have got that vision and really need that energy. Well, they've got the energy, but they just need somebody to help them to achieve it. And some of my clients have actually gone on to win awards because of it. But it's been great and rewarding because you take that idea and you run with it and um, uh, and you achieve the success you're looking for. And it's all strategic. I mean, otherwise you wouldn't get the results. Uh, Back in the UK, um, I worked um, in a university unit in a department that actually uh, promoted how to get money out of Europe. Um, We used to do a lot of work uh, taking politicians, teachers, teachers. the general, not the professionals, over to Europe, over to Brussels and introduce them to the institutions. Um, so we did quite a work. And we just one of the things I used to do was actually read the uh, I call them the pink sheets, the daily newsletters coming out of Brussels agencies uh, about latest development in policies. Looking for the opportunity. Once something becomes uh, a a a formal document, a policy document, the funding follows. So that's when we would jump in there and organize uh, conferences for the UK and international audiences. Yeah, I mean, so, you told me
0: it was up in that was in Edinburgh, wasn't it? The real big that was like for the whole of Europe.
1: Yeah, we did the regional summit back in 1992. Um, that was when UK had the presidency of the European Union. Um, and usually, there's two big: there's the heads of state events. and then there's one that's for the for the mayors of Europe. Um, and we were part of the um, organisation team for that for that particular one um, up in Edinburgh back in 1992, as you say. So yeah, that's one of many. <laughs> um, but we even there we didn't actually we ended up in a, in a market and it wasn't. Um, and it wasn't actually what we set out to do. We were actually, we were actually set up to provide support for small businesses um, in the run-up to the single market in 1992. So the, sort of, what, the, other, what, the benefits they could get out of it. But we found that our market was not the small businesses. Our market was everybody but. It was the colleges, the universities. It was the public sector. It was the voluntary sector. Um, so, so we built... Uh, from from that foundation we built, so we that's that's an interesting one because I actually thought about if if you if you, if, if you don't mind, <coughs> what would go in those foundations apart from the mindset and which is really strong and it it's basically what's it what's put it all together. Sure. But I thought, okay, so you know what would you build on those nine floors, so to speak, when <laughs> you got the foundation at the bottom? But you know, for me, I've already mentioned that you've got to build in marketing from the word go you yeah. can't you just rely on the market that you've got um if you've really got to go out there,
0: there then you really don't have a business
1: you don't have a business uh or your business becomes you know a lot smaller like, and very very quickly um you've got to have you know as you've been pointing out you've got to have your systems in place and those systems as you say you may be looking for the latest technology i look i say okay again the technology is the tool You've got to have the tool that works for you. So, right. if you want to, a, a CRM, you know, um, there's plenty of um, CRM um, reta- retailers out there uh, who can modify. But, you know, in the end, what I did, I used my access database skills and created my own. So, so, but it worked for me. So, but I, what I didn't do at the time, I didn't have that database. I mean, I might have had a file of facts or something with the names of our clients, but it wasn't, it was, you know, it's about capturing leads and how you work with them and et cetera. Um, because that's the next step is networks. Uh, again, I had a network and people, businesses have the networks that when they come in. But if you, you've got to think about when we work across Australia, for example. So our networks had to change. And every year, um, this time of year, I look at the networks that, that I'm a member of and I decide, do I want to be a member of this network or do I need to change right. to another network? So it's return on investment, etc. And you have to actually, you know, people go to networks and they think, uh, or meetings, and they go, oh, we haven't got anything out of this within the first five minutes. You know what I mean? You've got right. to pers- persevere in networks because networking was what actually – gave me that rebound
0: um,
1: after the crisis. So uh, wouldn't it have been really good if, yes. Well, with me to
0: to give you a lead.
1: Yes. And in this case, believe it or not, it was a Jewish newsletter. It was a Jewish newsletter in Melbourne uh, that was put out there. And I ended up with a very, very good Jewish client base. That's all it took. I mean, it was, it was, you just don't know, but you've got to build that know, like, and trust. (laughs) So build it through, not not just going online and, uh, you know, trying to build it that way, but it's, it's, it's people and people know people. Yep. So that's been, um, you know, been something you can call on. Uh, The the, the next one is people. Uh, And you've talked about that. What you can do yourself in your skills. You don't have to do it all yourself. Think about how much it's costing you um, and how you can, uh, uh, you know, um, one of the things I had to do was to employ an assistant. and because they can take that che- the, the cheaper work off the cheap, you know, the cheaper pricing, what it costs. So that frees you up to do more of a, the, you know, where the high value is. Um, or you, you can be outsourcing, uh, like, for instance, um, bookkeeping. You no know what right. business owner wants to be bookkeeping? But <clears throat> somewhere along the line, you do, need, you do need to have that access to good financial skills. Because if you don't, for instance, the example of these two partner tradies, after 10 months, you know, finance was a big issue for them because they just didn't know how they were traveling. And you have to have somebody reliable because that's the other thing that they do. You bring along people you've, you know, and I've heard so many instances, especially when it comes to finances, when that person has not been as uh, legitimate as they could be.
0: Right.
1: Um, and so, so you do need to actually have that know, like, and trust happening. You, know, you do need to do your research. You do need to make sure that the people that you're working with are working for you. Uh, are actually supporting you. So again, as I said, the foundations that I've seen fall apart is when you bring people along with you, but they're not necessarily the right people for the job.
0: Because sometimes when they do, and that's the thing, when people go out on their own, they start a business, they're they're building something and they bring in people who are friends and family, which yes. is fine if you want to do that, but are they the right friends and family? Like my brother-in-law, if I wanted a, somebody to do a certain um like leadership m- structural managerial role he's ideal because number one he's german right he's 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 born to german parents so he's got that mentality of everything has its place and he's very efficient and he's very thorough and and he's great at stuff like that um other areas i wouldn't want him in that position right but that's the thing and and with today as you're mentioning all that it's beautiful it, it's kind of a thing it's 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 a scary thing but there's also so much support through technology, through apps, through different programs, through virtual assistants. right? The VA is a real big thing right now that you can get very cost effective that, you know, that, that you can apply in your business when you need to start spreading out. Um, there, there's all kinds of different tools out there now, but you have to do your research, make sure it's a good one, but also know when it's time to make that move and say, where, where am I, where's, is, where is it you know, what's the, the best use of my time, right? Yes. So that, that, and that's part of understanding and staying true to that because people think that once they build up, they have to have this big super role. No, your your job is still your job, driving revenue. For example, in my business, driving revenue. As I bring on somebody to help over here, somebody that's not their job, that's my job. Their job is to keep me doing my job.
1: Yeah. And the way that you can justify it to yourself is consider the return on investment as you said um especially if you if you're a bit tight with your money or you're a bit you're you're coming from that fear factor uh but yeah no uh look at the return on investment and it doesn't have to be direct it could be as you said if you've got an admin assistant um look they can and for us they help with projects right so that's great because like some of the project costing can go down to that level and um but um what they're doing is because we've got those assistants in place and said the value to you is part of the ROI as well. So I always start thinking on that. Even things that you invest in, like for instance, the foundations they're talking about you is that education, continual education. Now that I don't know about how to have you observe this. I come from the an education and training background I was a regional education development officer for adult education in northeast Victoria great big region uh, for a few years um, and uh, so I was very uh, sort of familiar with the re- the registered training you know the the formal qualifications the non-formal qualifications uh, uh, <coughs> but one of the sort of like the the areas of mystery was actually training businesses how do you get to businesses you can get tuned for first aid and all those compliance type things. But it's like the, even in the UK, as I said, we, we found out businesses weren't our niche. So it was always interesting. Uh, but I found since becoming a bit, since starting a business on my own, that there is a lot, a lot of education, training, professional development available to businesses by businesses. It's like a whole ecosphere. That the formal training system is not familiar with. It's amazing how much education and some of it's free because it's like those leaders into the bigger programs. Sure. Um, but um, you know, I'm saying that if you're if you're starting your journey, then just access what you can. Um, obviously, don't go. There is a limit to it. I did it for three years. Well, I did I, I did engage in formal as well, but I mean intensive immerse yourself and then through the rest of your life. Um, do you know what was the most um, beneficial um, route for me when it came to getting access to, to learning?
0: No, which one?
1: Mr. Kindle.
0: You know that <laughs> I, I can see that. I can see that because the thing I want to point out too, is that if you have, if you go back to kind of bring it back, home as we start to get close we're getting close to time to wrap up here is that if we go back to the foundation of having a vision of understanding where it is what is what is your what's your mission right what is your you know where's your focus going to be but have that vision the goals the objectives know where you're going lay that foundation down so that you understand what this whole thing's about you know where to look for education you know where to look for help you know because if there's no way in the world as somebody who used to have the Encyclopedia Britannica when I was a kid and I had to look it up in the encyclopedia, there's no way that people can say they just don't have the information today because it's, it's everywhere. There's information Mm
1: -hmm.
0: everywhere. And some of it's good. A lot of it's good. And a lot of it's garbage. So you have to find out what's going to work for you guys. And part of that goes around having a plan um pat real quick before we wrap up and, and go because i mean there's so much and we're going to be here again next week same time guys um there will be a different link because i did not make this a permanent link but we'll have a different link up that'll be that'll carry us through the next few weeks but real quick if somebody wanted to reach out and, and contact you uh, how would they do that
1: find me on linkedin look for uh patricia gross on linkedin that's the easiest way to get to me
0: Okay. And that's spelled G-R-O-S-S-E on the last name. So yes, Patricia Gross. It
1: is. So just
0: uh, I just want to make that look her Patricia. up, check her out. Um we're gonna be back. Pat and I are gonna be back next week. We're gonna be talking about focus because you know there's so many distractions in the world right now, and but now at the same time. This is the best time to be building. It's the best time to be chasing your dreams because there's so much out there and there's so many people willing to engage. Yes, I know there's a world of stuff going on with the the, the pandemic, but you know what? This call is going to be COVID free because we're not going to talk about it. We're going to focus on you and how you can utilize some of the stuff we're talking about to start to make your dreams happen. Not uh, make your dreams come true and chase and make the billion. Hey, one step at a time, guys. Use these fundamentals to get the dream started. Pat, do you have anything you want to say in closing?
1: Yeah, sure. Um, just um, we'll put a link in there. But if anybody's interested, I've got a coming from a book that I wrote called The Intuitive Marketer. I've got a hands-on strategy for a startup business. So if anybody wants to look at, you know, the gain from my experience, um, there's about, 10 to 12 um it's a checklist of 10 to 12 things you need to have in place um to ensure that you've got a good foundation in your marketing
0: and there you have it so we'll be back here next week at the same time uh which i think is 10 a.m in australia and it's been 6 p.m here on the east coast uh five central four mountain three pacific for those of you that are counting uh remember to put everything you have into everything you do because the best is yet to come we'll see you next week